Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the crypto hipster where I bring you the Crypto Corner, where I interview founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, executives, artists, everybody globally, um, and uh, you know, crypto and blockchain. And today I have a guest from Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating conversation. Um, I'm looking forward to it. He's the founder and the CEO of Nature's Vault. Um, welcome to the show, Phil Ricard. Hi, Jamil. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Happy to be here. Awesome. Um, and we had some. We had someone else just join us. Um, yeah, my. Uh, it looks like my CMO Zach has joined on. Hey guys. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks. Great. Um, Good. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to to go on mute um, and then um, I'm going to leave this part where we're talking right now. Um, but um, if, if the bandwidth starts to go funky, then I'm going to ask you to leave. Um, I had four podcasts throughout last year that it took me a week to edit. So I'm not going to do that again. Um, but hopefully it'll work fine. So Great. So, uh, so Phil, my first question to kick things off is, um, is, is this, and I ask my guests the same thing all the time. What is your background and is it a logical background for what you do now? Well, it's a great question. As far as logical goes or not, I guess that's for others to decide. Um, my background's a bit strange in that I've got a fintech AI background starting about 20 years ago that combined with a traditional hard rock mining experience um, and somehow my life has found a way to be heavily involved in both of those industries so i had a uh, an ai company in boston in 1999 2000 which was doing natural language processing that eventually turned into one of the key components of the oracle suite of products. Um, then once I sold the business, uh, moved to Indonesia where I'd originally grown up and just was doing some investing at the time and then found my way into investing into hard rock mining projects um, and then gained experience in the mining industry, gold mining, iron sands, tin, uh, nickel, all types of different things. And that's where the genesis of nature's fault actually came from. Um, I don't usually ask follow-up questions after the first question, but I'm going to ask it. So, because you don't really, I haven't really heard this um, too much, um, but you have an NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming background. Uh, how does that apply to what you're doing now? 
I'm I'm actually not a programmer, so I wasn't the the programmer that set up the company uh, called Active IQ when we were in Boston. Uh, but I was the founder of the company. Um, we brought on Adele Goldberg from Xerox Park as one of the original partners, um, and then hired a group of uh, engineers out of MIT and Harvard to help us, you know, come up with a natural language processing system right at the beginnings of sort of AI. Um, in order to read documents in the enterprise and basically populate the keywords that any document um, is actually talking about so it could enter into a content management system. It was really fascinating work. Again, I'm not a programmer by trade. I've got a degree in philosophy, um, but found it fascinating to work with absolutely brilliant people. And in the end, a small team managed to figure out how to do it, which is why and it ended up in the Oracle content management suite. Interesting. interesting. I, I hear that in the coaching world, not in any other world. So that's that's great. It's interesting. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you, what what need what is Nature's Vault all about, and you know uh, what makes it revolutionary? So Nature's Vault, the genesis came from um, two things. Number one, I was I was doing some coal mining years ago, and my uh, my daughter, who was at 10th grade in high school at the time, over breakfast at the at, at the table one day, um, they were doing the let's talk about what your parents do at class. And she said, you know, Dad, can I tell my friends that you're a banker? <laughs> so I said, well, what are you talking about, Ayu? And she said, well, it's a bit embarrassing that you're in the coal mining business and invested in coal mines. Um, and at the time, I kind of laughed it off. But, you know, when you're when your children get a bit embarrassing about what you're doing as far as, you know, mining goes, hard rock mining, it makes you rethink your life a bit. Um, I then about the same time got to take a trip to the largest gold mine on the planet, which is in the mountains of Irianjaya or Papua New Guinea, uh, Papua, uh, owned by Freeport. And it's an absolute engineering marvel. Uh, but also quite an, a, quite a scar on the planet. And the amount of work and energy it takes to extract even one gram or one ounce of gold out of the earth and get it processed is, was, was mind-boggling at the time. And that's sort of the genesis of where nature's vault came from. I started to think, you know, is there a way that we could find value in minerals like gold and leave them in the ground without having to dig them up. Um, and since I'd had gold mines, I understood the geological science behind it. Um, I realized that, you know, we, you know, there's a science to proving the amount of resource that's in the ground, especially gold. And then, you know, using what's happened uh, with blockchain and the crypto and token space and the adoption that it's had over the last five years, especially, uh, we can we can bring these two together, and there's there's now a way where we can find value out of gold without having to dig it up, and that's where it all started. Um, and you know, created a team and kept moving forward on it, both of uh, mining people and fintech people and ESG people, and of course um, some friends in uh, crypto as well. 
So you leave it in the ground. Let's make sure I got this right. You leave it in the ground and you tokenize it. So it has value um, both with the, with the tokens and with the asset that's in the earth. Correct. Yeah. So we take the value of the asset in the earth and we attach it um, to a token. And then what we're, we're preserving that value in the ground and offering that to um, token holders that might be interested in the value of a token increasing um, and in the, you know, in the idea that let's, let's have a gold supported token that uh, saves the, you know, helps the earth at the same time. Because, you know, Jamil, most of gold, you know, 50% of gold that you go through all this crap to dig it up and smelt it, you stick it in a vault in some bank and you never even see it. And that, you know, that it, it, it seems like it's time for us to evolve a bit and move past that. And that's, you know, what we would really like to see at Nature's Vault. Interesting. I studied geology undergrad. It's been a while. Uh, so this is, <laughs> this is interesting to me. It's pretty cool. Um, so uh, you had an, you had, um, an announcement recently um that you know you have um achieved a funding round uh selected board and advisors and um we're talking about the tokenized project um so um you know how um how, can you walk us through the major announcement and the milestones that you have so we brought in a, a group of partners from here in asia um that came in for 2.5 million Canadian dollars at a $50 million valuation um, and brought in then um, a new director for us to work with, um, Irawan, uh, who's got you know, great experience in the fintech space um, and here in Asia and broadly across Asia, including the Middle East. Um, we are getting a lot of uh, uptick and support from uh, the Asian market um, as people find this idea fascinating and that seems to where most of our support currently is coming from. Um, Europe and Canada and North America, uh, we haven't done a great deal of uh, press there yet. In fact, we're just starting to get the idea out and we'll be basically picking that up as we move closer to our ITO. Got it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about last year and into, into now. Last year saw the widespread adoption of tokenizing art, right? Uh, NFTs, all kinds of artwork. 2022 has seen, you know, uh, tokenizing digital land, you know, the metaverse, right? Um, so how do we tokenize, you know, natural resources, not just gold, but like, say, like oil, cattle, coal? How do we do that? This is where we, when we first started this, um, we looked at, you know, tokenizing it by making use of blockchain technology to track the ledger and the ownership. Um, gold, as far as nature's vault goes, the reason we started with gold is you know, it's sitting in a dark vault versus it's sitting in the ground protected by nature. Um, we think it's, of course, better staying, you know, in nature. Um, and you can still get value through it by tokenizing it. 
when you talk about other minerals that have an industrial use, say for example, nickel, um, that's a little bit more challenging in that that needs to move into electric vehicles for part of the you know electric vehicle revolution that's undergoing. So nickel has an industrial use. Um, other minerals and metals, for example, platinum, some silver, diamonds, those are either um, cosmetic in nature or as an investment that could also be part of what nature's fault's doing. We may look at in the future tokenizing um, natural resources, and that would be, then be about actually tracking, uh, closer to tracking the source from you know, pit all the way to use. And then you could uh, track the carbon uh, that's actually created by those um, so that it's easier to do a, a carbon offset against actual carbon production. Because one of the things that Nature's Vault does when we take a mine, a gold mine, and we don't mine it, then we have avoided mining credits. And carbon credits are created in doing that. Um, for every ounce of gold, it's about 800 kilos of carbon is created. So that's a lot of carbon that goes into the atmosphere just to get one ounce of gold. And by not um, mining it, then we actually save that carbon from going into the atmosphere. And some of the proceeds then we go ahead and put into uh, ESG projects in and around the mine site. Interesting. So you to you can tokenize the carbon that you don't use or that doesn't get burned or whatever. Yeah. And this is the 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 concept of avoided carbon. Um, and this is, you know, again, there's there's quite a bit of uh, going on in the carbon space right now. Um, but one of the main uh, main issues is that when you buy a carbon offset, that means you're still producing the carbon, you're just buying a way to try to offset it. So the carbon actually still finds its way into the atmosphere. Um, with avoided carbon, you're actually avoiding that carbon going into the atmosphere. Um, and that's what we're doing with this. So we'd be avoided mining. So we will avoid having carbon go into the atmosphere by doing this with nature's fault. Okay. Um, so um, with the tokenization of those resources, with the carbon, uh, with other resources, um, how can how can we create a, the growth in the subsector of crypto that's focused on crypto derivatives? like forwards, futures, SWAT, whatever, how can this all be applied to build that, that subsector? Well, I mean, we're, our, our legacy token for Nature's Vault and the gold mines that we're putting inside it um, are basically about preserving gold in the ground. So, our first legacy token would have a million ounces total of gold. Um, just like you could do a gold ETF um, for physical gold, you could do a gold ETF for uh, nature's vaults gold. And you could forward it out, you could do a derivative, you could do some sort of streaming. There's a lot of options that we're, we're working together with um, some of our partners on once the original uh, product is up and going. Um, you know, the gold mining industry has lots and lots of uh, 
interesting ways of extracting that value out of the gold and giving you know uh, investors various instruments in order to um, invest in it. And I see the same being able to happen in uh, in other commodities in the crypto and tokenization space. Great, and you and you have a you have a quote on that. Um, and I'll and I'll quote. I'll read it. Um, to building a first of its kind platform that allows anyone to fund impact investing projects around the world um, is a legacy everyone at Nature's Vault is proud to be a part of. Uh, that's what you said. So I want to see how you plan on tokenizing all the other ESG projects, and what benefits do you foresee from this initiative? So in other ESG projects, I mean, I'm 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 blessed to have spent most of my life in Indonesia, in that we are surrounded by ESG-related projects, uh, literally almost out of the front door of the house. Whether it's you know mangrove rehabilitation, forest protection, um, social and governance-related projects. Um, my experience in doing those projects and working with them is what they lack is um, equity funding uh, to get them going. There's quite a bit of debt funding available, but equity funding is lacking. Um, and that combined with the massive amount of ESG capital that's trying to find a home has led us to where nature's capital sits, which is by offering a, a, a security token, and this is different than the gold legacy, but sits under nature's vault, um, for people to buy and then invest in ESG-related projects. And that's where we'll go with nature's capital. And that'll be our second, third, and fourth token that we do under nature's capital. Got it. And if, can I, if, if I can ask you, is your, is your blockchain native or you are building on a certain blockchain building on a certain blockchain to be not to be named right now <laughs> <laughs> got it um so i want to i want to shift the uh i want to shift the conversation a little bit then um you know to to which is better to to, to the conversation about bitcoin right Bitcoin's in the news all the time, and I think there was another, another uh, somebody said it was it was dead again. I think it's like 450 times in the past decade. It's not, but um, you know which one with all the things that are going on in the world. I don't know if you're impacted down there. Um, is Bitcoin or gold a better hedge against world inflations and black swan events like what you're seeing right now in the European region with Ukraine and Russia? What's your what are your thoughts? Well, a pure play financial hedge against um, you know geopolitical uncertainty. Um, you know, I've got you know I would look at you know Bitcoin offers in certain ways the a a, a future um, that people are are, are worried about you know. Uh, sort of the next generation of where people are investing. Um, in certain, I, I think it offers a lot more liquidity and ease to move around still, um, but it does come with, you know, with, with some question marks about 
you know, governments controlling it? And how are, how are governments around the world going to deal with the fact that it's pretty much, if not impossible, to stop people that really want a more liberated financial system from using it and doing it? Um, but gold also at the same time for more traditional investors for 5,000 years has been the de facto, you know, currency of choice. So, you know, there is a combination of those as far as just to be safe, if you're going to hedge against, you know, geopolitical uncertainty, but then that's where we put our legacy token is right in the middle of that, where you can get a bit of best, you know, best of both worlds. And that you can be in the token and crypto space at the same time, um, hedge against and use gold as uh, as an asset through us in order to help that hedge. Got it. And are you being, are have you seen an impact in Indonesia because of what's going on in Europe yet? Well, Indonesia is a. A commodity-focused uh, country, in that we're, you know, we're one of the biggest exporters of raw commodities. So, you know, when the price basically shoots up, I think nickel prices have gone up 30 to 35 percent in the last two weeks. Uh, tin is all close to doubled. Um, you know, from being in the commodity sector for many, many years, these rapid upswings, you know, where most people would think are really great. Honestly, it is it is challenging to um, to navigate. Um, so Indonesia is trying really hard to figure out, um, and the companies here that are in that space how to how to deal with this properly. Um, you know, because rapid price swings can also mean rapid changes in demand that goes with it, um, and industries that you know claim that they have no choice but to buy it for two or say one or two months. Uh, will immediately look for another source if it means their end product, whatever they're producing, is no longer sellable. Um, and these type of price swings make it very difficult to manage a, a business long term. And I would think they would also have an impact on the ESG investing. Um, yeah, so I think the bigger impact that we've seen on ESG investing is is now that you know carbon is become um, carbon credits have got a lot more uh, international government support there's a lot more protocol around it uh, there's a lot more push to find uh, real strong carbon offsets that then is pushed even further into the esg investment sector and most almost all major companies both private and public have to have a very detailed um, esg investment uh, plan or program um, when I had a listed company on the Singapore Stock Exchange, we were, you know, part of the first um, guinea pigs that were doing a sustainability report every year by mandate. Um, the problem is, is there just isn't that many projects yet. So most of these companies have gone out and end up buying into the same claimed ESG funds that then supposedly eventually trickle down into the same few projects. So there's a massive amount of capital fighting over the same projects. And what that's done is it's created a real um, issue around greenwashing. And, you know, there's been a number of major companies and banks that have been fined 
for uh, greenwashing, which is claiming they're making a green investment, but when in closer review, it turns out that it actually wasn't. They were you know, buying a bond that was buying another bond that in the end actually didn't have any green projects whatsoever. Um, and that, as that comes more to light, uh, the demand for uh, real ESG-related projects is skyrocketing. So how do you think the implementation of blockchain technology could help solve the problem with greenwashing? So tokenizing and using blockchain to assist large investors to have access to investments in small to medium-sized projects in, let's say, more developing countries. Um, I know it's incredibly difficult for a, for a fund or a VC or a bank in Europe or North America to invest into a project in uh, Asia, in ASEAN, for example, or Indonesia, unless that project is big enough. And it's just, you know, finding the right capital structure, owning a minority stake in a, in a, in a medium-sized project is very challenging. But what if we used, you know, offered tokens in order and we manage that, that, that investment? They can then buy the tokens. We then track it and using blockchain to track it all the way to the individual details of the ESG project. And if that means it's a mangrove rehabilitation in East Kalimantan or East Borneo, um, then we would track it all as, as far as possible so that the transparency around that mangrove rehabilitation to the meter of mangrove, for example, um, could be tracked by investors coming in to the, to the tokens. So we wanna ease, make it easier, so use blockchain and tokens to make it easier for people to have access to ESG-related projects. And that would also have a humanitarian impact too, right? Most definitely. And, uh, you know, as a company, we use, you know, when we say ESG, we mean every part of it, which is environmental, social and governance. So, you know, we can't come into a fishing village on the east coast of Borneo and just say, hey, we're going to kick you guys out and big build a mangrove rehabilitation. So it's got to be every part um, of in, in increasing uh, the environmental impact, the social impact and do it from a governance perspective, which makes it that, you know, people can invest and feel confident and comfortable. Um, and I think our experience, mine, again, I've been in Indonesia for 35 years, um, done work all across the planet. So understand what investors are looking for and understand actually how to get it done on the ground as well. See, I, one of the things I'm in blockchain for is, is the social good. And a lot of times when I hear ESG, I just think about the E. So, and um, what are your what is has been your experience? Because people think about the E, um, and and not the S and the G. Absolutely. So, and I mean, even you know, carbon credits are based on carbon alone. So you can get a carbon credit, and you can get paid for your carbon credit, and if that means that your mangrove you know, uh, planting, you know, destroyed uh, 200 farmer uh, fishermen, too bad. 
there's no connection to it yet. Um, and what we've been working on is a is a detailed, um, uh, quantifiable uh, policy and procedure or way so that we can quantify the the S and the G in that program. Um, and the UN's come out with, I mean, I think it's the 20 environment, you know, ESG goals. Um, and, you know, we're working hard to figure out ways to, to actually quantify that. And we want to make sure that companies, you know, really abide by it. And that what we do with our tokens is trackable. Uh, we make use of blockchain as much as possible to show that, you know, we're not just talking about doing it right, but we are doing it right. And you can monitor it and check it um, whenever you need. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I wrote a book a couple of years ago uh, that, and I talked about the 20, uh, you know, UN initiatives and, um, and I analyzed it versus the smart city projects in India. I think 10 people bought my book in two years. So uh, they don't know I talked about that, but you know, they do a little bit more now. Um, so this has been great. Um, thank you. Um, so I, I, I want to thank you very much um, for your time. Today has been an amazing conversation. And I have one further question, um, and is this, how can people find out more information about you, about what you do, what, about what Nature's Vault does, about the path forward for you guys? How can they do any of that? Well, that's mostly gonna be on our website and our social media under naturesvault.io. Um, and we welcome comments, we welcome ideas, we welcome any potential projects. Um, you know, Jamil, this is a, there's a reason we called this the legacy token as a start in that, you know, me and my partners have, you know, done a lot in this world, but now we want to give something back and we really want to make sure that that legacy is a good one. And which is why it is more of a movement that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, we're, we're approaching ESG from a perspective of we've, you know, we understand what it takes to get things done and we'll make sure that this gets done. You know, I'm not gonna have my daughter be embarrassed about her dad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to be proud and I wanna make sure that the legacy we leave is a good one. That sounds incredible. So this sounds really, really, really incredible. So um, thank you very much uh, for your time today. Really appreciate it, thank you too. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.